FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 182 of the podcast that goes snick. Uh, it's a b- 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 bonus episode, a Civil War 2 update, X-Men edition. Update, update. <laughs> That's right, we're going to cover Civil War number 2, X-Men number 1. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Denise is freaking out. She's not on this episode, technically speaking, but um... I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell a little story on her behalf. And so, you notice some water damage on her upstairs ceiling. And the AC has not been performing at uh, high capacity the last couple of days. And I quickly put two and two together, went up in the attic and saw that our unit was leaking pretty badly. And so we had to turn it off, which means we had to move the boys downstairs. So we can use currently sleeping on the sofa, and Oliver, who had only been up in his room for two weeks or so, is now back in our room, um, which will be fun. Um, <laughs> anyway, I uh, had the baby monitor out here in the kitchen, and Denise was going to bed, and I handed her the monitor, and she went in the room, and I guess turned on the video feed, and saw an empty crib, and had a momentary freak out, <laughs> before she realized that Indeed, the baby was sitting right next to her. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, we're, we're all glad that the babies are safe. All the babies everywhere are hope safe. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about Civil War number two, X-Men number one. And I will continue to say it that way for as long as I remember. And, um... You might be asking or saying to yourself, but Jason, it's like almost halfway through June and you've done two bonus episodes and have not talked about the books that came out at the beginning of June, i.e. All New Wolverine and Old Man Logan. And that is correct. But you know we'll get to them. We'll do it with the regular episode. I've just done a couple of little uh, spot checks, some uh, updates on this new Civil War II event. C-dub dose, we call it. I think that's what I call it. Or C-dub do? I don't know. Yeah, I like that. C-dub do. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Nova number eight, which is a C-dub do tie-in. And, um, we'll get to that kind of towards the end. But, um, yeah, so I'm saving, you know, I decided to do little updates on this, kind of sprinkling out A to help my inventory. <laughs> It sounds like a guy that works in a warehouse. I don't, but I used to. Way back in the day. That's how I put myself in college. Um, not really. I don't know. That's how I got spending money in college. <laughs> but um, anyway, how I, how I ate. <laughs> um, where was I? I was somewhere. I had a point to all this. Anyway, um, yeah, it gives me, helps me keep the episode slate full, but also, you know, gives me a chance to talk about the, the event of the summer. So that's what I'm going to do. So, CWDU X Numero Uno is written by Colin Bunn, 
art by Andrea. I don't know. I don't know this person, so I don't know if they are Andrea or Andrea. But they are Ricardo, pretty sure. Uh, Colors by Jesus Alberto, I think. I think I got that right. Um, Letters by VCs Josevino. And the cover is by David Yarden. And the cover has like a little energy beam that's splitting storm and Medusa's faces in half. Then we also have Magneto, and I really like what's going on with his cape. And then on one side we have the Uncanny X-Men, and on the other side we have the Extraordinary X-Men. So it's EVX. That's what this book's going to be, EVX. Um, yeah, we kind of knew that, or kind of had predicted that. I actually uh, made that prediction with, with Dan and I, last time I was on the Intercomics podcast before they kicked off their Afterbirth uh, Volume 2. Um, we had, Dan had asked me about what I thought was going to happen in this book, and I said I was pretty sure that I am by no means claiming any, like, prophetic gift or, like, I, I like kind of big revelation that no one else could figure it out. Because I'm pretty sure everybody knew <laughs> that this book was going to feature um, the Uncanny X-Men versus the Extraordinary X-Men and maybe highlight some of the conflict that we didn't see with the Inhumans, though. We actually see some new conflict with the Inhumans in this book as well. So, that won't be quite as much Civil War, because that's more of a war war. But, you know, whatever. Let's see how it all plays out. But, so what happens basically in this book, is there's a swanky mutant party in Dubai. And it's the rich mutants. And they've got this big room sealed off and they're drinking champagne, probably pouring it on their new waterproof cell phones. Um, the Terrigen Myth is coming to town. It knows he's been naughty, it knows he's been nice. Um, you know, better watch out. Checking the list twice, whatever. Um, anyway, but Magneto storms in. Comes in the room and all the mutants upstairs are like, Gasp! You're gonna let the clown in, and then the uncanny X-Men come in behind him, and then some randomer mutants come in behind them. Turns out Magneto is uh, taking their classism and elitism and shoving it right up their ass, and um, basically said, "You know what? Y'all aren't gonna have. You guys are not gonna have this." Rich boy mutant club save the rich mutants. You're gonna save all the mutants. So they gathered up like the other mutants in the area that they could find that were maybe not invited to this special party, and said, "Hey, there's room for everybody. You're gonna save them, whether you want to or not." Because I'm Magneto, mother lover. You're gonna do what I say. I kind of wish, you know, they recast Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. This, uh, this. Magneto kind of feels like Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction to me. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so they get in there, they're getting ready to sew up the doors. Magneto resews it so that the, the cheese mist can't get in. But the butlers, the waiters, the maitre d's turn into uh, some kind of alpha sentinels. And they their purpose is to serve the mist. That part's kind of dumb. Um, yeah, maybe done something else here, but anyway, so they're sentinels, 
And they also really, really love the Inhumans for some reason. Um, so they want to kill the mutants, and they want to make sure the mist gets in the tower. And so, of course, the X-Men fight him. Uh, Sabretooth tries to tackle a guy, but he jumps through the window, breaking the glass, shooting his gun at the glass. But the waboom falls out, and the mist starts coming in. Magneto decides, you know what? We're just going to try to outrun the cloud. I'm going to grab everybody I can. I'm going to fly, fly away. Um, and hopefully it'll work. But then, oh, and Psylocke is also kind of using her tele telekinesis to uh, kind of push, like create a bubble around them that you can try to keep the cloud out. And she's doing a really good job, much better job than maybe she could be capable of. But they realize, no, wait, that's not my telekinesis, that's the wind. And then we see the extraordinary X-Men. And Storm is blowing the cloud away. Um, and, you know, they fight the Sentinels, they jump in the fight, so they're trying to protect the mutants and fight the uh, Maitre D Sentinels. Uh, we have some nice little character moments, I guess. And then, actually, one of my favorite parts of the whole issue so Old Man Logan and Sabretooth square off, and they're back to their old ways. Um, <laughs> so Sabretooth says, look at you, Logan, all wrinkly and pruning. You stay in the bath too long? And of course, Old Man Logan says, from the stink of the creed, you ain't never seen a bath. <clears throat> and then he says, you and your ex-force buddy should be happy when you showed up when we did. Sabretooth says, we're not X-Force. Both <laughs> of these voices are the same. <laughs> That's your gig. Not anymore. That's ancient history. You would know, old man, remember? You think I'd be somewhat Um. Anyway, they keep fighting. Storm and Magneto kind of have a, hey, glad you're here. And they work together. They get rid of the mist. They blow it out to sea. I'm sure there's no one who actually needs them. He doesn't die because of that. Um, they save the people. Uh, Sabretooth calls Old Man Logan Wolverine, and uh, he gets offended, so don't call me that. I don't know if he's just sticking up for war, like, hey, like saying, hey, I'm not Wolverine anymore, she is, or if he just doesn't want to be associated with his past as Wolverine, kind of the failures he had in his alternate timeline. Maybe he's kind of, you know, he did close the book, he burned the uniform and everything, so maybe he just doesn't want to even remember that he was Wolverine, or doesn't want to bring it to the forefront. Either way, he gets pissed. So he'd probably get mad at me that I have a hard time not calling him Wolverine most of the time on the podcast. Uh, you know, old habits die hard. Old dog here, not many new tricks. Um, but anyway, so Magneto realizes it's like, hey, what are you guys doing here? How did y'all know to come? And Storm eventually comes out that she used you know, from our CW um, main series, that they, they got a prediction from Ulysses that, you know, this was going to happen, that all the X-Men, young Kenny X-Men were going to die in Dubai. Yeah, there's a teaser. Die in Dubai. Um, and they came to, to stop it. Um, Magneto gets super pissed that the Inhumans have a new weapon that he used against them. Not really caring that this time it just saved their lives. Um, and they kind of split ways. Storm's like, 
And I mean, it basically says, how can you be on the, the same side as the humans? We're in conflict. Maybe we're not actively like fighting, but they're not. And I mean, that's a really, really good point. It says, you know, the two mists are like holy to the humans. So it's not just that this is happening to humans or it's a byproduct, but they're not even doing anything to try to help us because, you know, for them, the two mists bring life and new powers. And they, they don't want to curb the big cloud. They don't want to even try to contain it or. Which, you know, it's pretty irresponsible. I mean, I know it's like one thing, like, Blackpool did what he had to do, maybe, in Infinity. Uh, I guess that's arguable. But, you know, he did the whole T-bomb in, in the Infinity crossover, and the cloud got loose, the gas got loose. Before that, they always had the mist, but they controlled him. They had him, like, in a centralized location. You know, they decided he would be exposed, and he not, for the most part. I'm sure there were instances that... You know, mist was found in the wild or whatever. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's correct. But, um, anyway, for the most part, they kind of had a monopoly on the mist and controlled who went through Terragenesis. Um, now, you know, the cloud is loose, and they're really, they're not. They're like celebrating that it's out open and finding all these new humans instead of trying. I mean, there's been no attempt to contain it, to divert it, to do anything, and, you know, if it wasn't killing the humans, then yeah, maybe you just let it go and see how many humans are out there. But since it is killing a large and sterilizing, you know, maybe not, maybe I don't know how large the population is right now. I keep, can't keep track of the ups and downs of when, when they're killed and when they're striving. But anyway, a lot of humans, for sure. And the team is just killing them and sterilizing them. The inhumans should own up. They should pull the cloud back and at least try to. You know, like I know, I understand the beast is working with the inhumans trying to, to find a cure, and that's all good and well, but there's been no attempt, or no noticeable attempt, no known attempt from the reader, from the inhumans to try to rein this in and save the mutants. They're just basically like, oh no, this is, this is what we do. This is what makes us. We've got to go. got to go free. got to be free. Um, so, I mean, Magneto has a really, really strong argument. They shouldn't cooperate with humans, that the inhumans are just not being right. Um, the Storm's like, well, we're not really trying to side with the inhumans, but this, this Ulysses guy is pretty useful. Saved your lives. Not saying we shouldn't, you know, be buddy-buddy, but, no, we can use, we, we can take advantage of the resources, right? That's kind of her argument. Um, and, you know, they go their separate ways. Then at the end, Nightcrawler bamps in and Magneto's like, we already talked about this. He's like, I'm not here to dissuade you. I'm here to join you. I think you're right. And that's where it ends. Um, so before I go too far, I had sent out a request on Twitter if anybody wanted to lend any thoughts to this episode. And I got one, <laughs> one thought from my main man, Dan, who is, of course, at Gizmo. 151183, and of course, he's from the Intercomics podcast as well. One of my favorite shows and one of my favorite friends, and this is what he had to say about this issue. Bland, but I agree with Magneto. Art was inconsistent, and Twist was unexpected but puzzling. And he gave it two claws out of six. So, let's talk about the art. It didn't really do much for me, not gonna lie. It's not terrible. I mean, it's really not even bad. It just, 
he didn't care about it at all. Like, really, even a little bit. Um, just, just didn't do anything for me. It was very, very vanilla. Uh, Dan, Dan called the whole comic bland. I would definitely say the art is very, very bland. Just, just kind of there. Um, and I'd like to see, you know, and Danny contributed me again. I'd love to hear what you think about Bun's treatment of Nightcrawler. Um, in the first part of it, like when I, when the X-Men teams first come together and Nightcrawler kind of has some wit, witticisms with Psylocke and he's kind of being his old self to a degree, like kind of swashbuckling, fighting, having fun, enjoying the adventure, even though in the situation is serious, he's still Nightcrawler. In that regard, Bun showed that he understands Nightcrawler like a million times more than Jeff Lemire does. Um, in, in the extraordinary book that he was called from. Um, the twist at the end is a little weird, but we'll see where it goes. Um, I don't know if Nightcrawler would necessarily... I don't know. I don't... I think actually he probably would, I guess. It's, I think he would kind of come out the same way I am. He wouldn't necessarily be mad or militant about it, but he wouldn't, wouldn't want the Inhumans to take responsibility, I would think. So, I think in that regard, you know, he might say, you know what, you know, Magneto is right, right? You need to take the Inhumans to task. Um, so what I hope doesn't happen is that Magneto goes after the Inhumans and the extraordinary X-Men like, try to get between them. Like, no, you can't attack them. We're going to protect the Inhumans against you. We're going to fight you to protect the Inhumans. In that case, Storm really is saying, like, taking the Inhuman side a little bit, which doesn't fit either what Lemire is doing in Extraordinary X-Men, where Storm really had that kind of big Professor X-type speech where, like, hey, we're not going to be bad, we're not going to be aggressive, but we're going to protect you. And you come after me and like, maybe not, maybe retribution is not the, not the right word, but we will ardently defend them. And so I think Storm would not, would have a problem with the Inhumans. I don't know if she would, I understand, like, yeah, hey, we saved your lives, like, that's important, but I don't, I don't know. Not quite sure of all the, I don't know, just the reasoning, the logic behind this conflict, I'm not sure how much it really flies, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting that that Mag I like that Magneto finally gives some clarity to what the conflict really is. I mean, the readers can pretty much can pretty much figure it out, like why maybe humans should do something a little bit different. Why at least understand why the mutants are so aggravated by it. Uh, but Magneto does a really good job of giving that that a voice in this issue. So I really enjoyed that part. And I'm hoping that we see some more insight into the big, massive conflict that we missed in the eight months between Secret Wars and ANAD, all new, all different. Um, and maybe this book will help provide some of that. Uh, you know, the Sentinel part was kind of dumb. I really like Magneto kind of sticking it to the fight the one for Center Mutants. He's basically saying, you know what? You know, let these guys in, you know, protect everybody. I'm not sealing this place back up, and you're going to die too. Now, I'll do it. I'm a badass mofo, and you're going to do what I say. 
So that part I really enjoyed too. So Magneto really came off really strong in this issue. Um, everybody else was so sick. I really, I did enjoy the banner a lot actually between Old Man Logan and Sabretooth. Um, so I kind of, I'm not going to go as low as Dan. I'm kind of in between a three and a four. I thought there was enough I enjoyed and I, the, the art, I mean the art was just like straight down the middle. Well, maybe even a little unenjoyable parts. Definitely would agree with Dan inconsistent. Um, you know what? I'm going to give CW X numero uno. Um, I'm going to give it three out of six quads. Almost a four, not quite there. Yeah, so that's that. Um, real fast, Nova number eight is written by Sean Ryan, penciled by R.B. Silva. I believe he was a guy I really enjoyed the art, what's the name the book, but really enjoyed his art on the first run of the New 52 Superboy. Pretty sure that's the same guy. Um, Adriano Di Benedetto is the inker. Andre Mosa is the colorist. The letter, letterer is Comic Crafts Albert Duchesne. And the cover is by Humberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado. And the cover is Nova standing on the moon. We have the little American flag. We have a Stark satellite, and he's looking. His back is to us. He's looking at the Earth, and obviously contemplating something. Uh, the Earth is a what's that? A either, either photorealistic or actually just a photograph transposed on the art. Um, it's a cool cover. It's kind of. Uh, it's just a certain mood, a certain tone. I like it. So basically this issue uh, takes us back to C-Dub 2, number 1, when they were fighting the celestial thing. And so that's where we see our Wolverine characters, kind of just in the background of this battle. And really, then we go back to the party at, at Stark Tower, and kind of the celebration. And this book is kind of about Nova not fitting in, not really feeling like the Avengers are taking him seriously. Um, I will say, when we went to the party in the Civil War issue, uh, Wolverine and Old Man Logan disappeared. Like, they were in a couple of frames in the battle, and once we went to the party, they were not there. They are all over this party. Still no speaking parts. <laughs> they're still extras, but they're all over this party in several panels. But really, this book is just about Nova kind of not fitting in and feeling like he's getting dumped on. And he goes home, his mom wants him to put me in Nova. He has a fight with Mom, he has a fight with Iron Man, he doesn't want to help him because honestly he's off, you know, starting a war. <laughs> a civil war. Again, number two. Um, so then Nova goes to Stark Tower to try to make peace, and no one's home, and a mole man shows up. Or actually, the mole man. No, I think it's his son. I can't remember. Anyway, um, that's where it ends. Uh, I'm still really enjoying the novel book overall. Still really like Sam. Um, enjoyed the art. Silva's art was a little more Marvelized this issue. Um, kind of fit with kind of what Marvel's been doing lately. But you can definitely tell it's him. It's still really good. Um, I enjoyed it. And the story was good. Uh, you kind of feel sorry for Nova. Like no one's really taking him seriously or listening to him. And... Yeah, I'm just I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this book still. It's still really fun. 
like a little tie-in to the Secret Wars. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Like a little tie-in to Civil War Two, kind of a, a different take on the events. Um, I'm going to give Nova number eight, even a really strong four out of six claws. All right, well that is our Civil War Two update, X Men edition, and um, yeah, that's going to do it for our bonus episode. Um, as usual, please like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Email us SnickCast at Yahoo.com. Show notes and stuff are at SnickCast.podbean.com. Now, up next, I think should be a flashback on the Evolutionary War, which I just started reading, and it is a beatdown. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I won't say too much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it next episode is going to go. <laughs> but anyway, and we're also getting really, really close to some really exciting stuff in the flashback world, so keep your ears tuned for that. But until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye. And snacks.